Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Fantasy, best friends forever. Sean's been here too long. He has a one minute cue before he can come in. (laughs) He's getting comfortable. It's, It's been way too long. I'm Greg Sussman. That's Frank Stanley from BFF. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. What up? What up, what up, what up? Or should I hit you with the Budweiser? I feel like that's probably something you hate, Greg. Like, ah. Oh, that was so 90s. Don't do that. I was, I was in it. I was in it. What's that? It's also like a Bubba Ray Dudley thing, too. So. Well, they took it from the commercial. Yeah, of course. So if I started making that part of my thing every day, would you A, hate it, B, love it? I just think it's over. C, I, I think neither. We're, I, think we're just, I, don't think, I think neither, probably. But past it, we're past it. But you know, you know how like everything comes full circle, Greg. Like they're starting to make all the like not starting. They've been making remakes of movies for like ever now, and remakes sure. of shows and stuff. I feel like we're close to getting like the remake of that commercial. No, I can see that. Or like did, another iteration did, of it, or they, something did like they that. Do that recently? Maybe I don't know. If they did, it wasn't nearly as successful as when it first came out. I mean, it was hard. To, it would be hard to live up to that. But I was a big fan of that. It was fun. I'll, I'll never forget the Super Bowl commercial. Not when that was the most popular thing in the world. They did a Super Bowl commercial. You remember what it was? No. Oh my god, it was amazing. I was really young when that like ad campaign was a thing. I was young too, but I just I just remember the what up, the what up being the big ad going into the Super Bowl, almost like um, the Dilly Dilly guys a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did a Super Bowl commercial. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Instead of what up, it was what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you was doing? It received well. Oh my god, it was hysterical. Yeah, yeah, it was really. You gotta check that out on YouTube during the break. I'll check it out. It was. It's really funny. All right. Yep. I agree. I, I I trust you, Greg. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Greg, would you like to do a little uh, NBA drafts uh, a lottery simulator before we jump into baseball? I think we should do it every hour on the hour. So every hour. Uh, on and by the every hour, I mean every like ten minutes on the hour. Okay, every t- every ten minutes. Are you ready for this one? Yeah. Okay. Sim the lottery with the number one overall pick. The Chicago Bulls are on the clock, followed by the Atlanta Hawks, the only team projected to be in the top three that actually makes it, the Phoenix Suns. Congratulations, Chris Welsh. Four, the Los Angeles Lakers, with the fifth pick, your New York Knickerbockers. God, this would be terrible. Cleveland drops to six, too. Ay, ay, ay. All right, so, so that's, our, um, that's our 105 p.m. NBA draft lottery simulator. We'll be back in about 10 minutes. Greg, back to you. All right, back to me. So let's begin with some of the work from last night, and let's begin with the Chicago White Sox because Yohan Moncada, he went nuts. Yeah, Moncada was awesome in this one. I was watching this start, obviously with a close eye on Shane Bieber here, and Moncada just tagged him, man. He, he hit a fastball up and in, basically down the line, and then later on, he just kind of like flicked his wrist. Looks like anyone else would have hit it. It probably would have been like a bloop to like the opposite field. 
goes over the fence for Yoan Moncada. That's just the, the way that this guy is locked in so far this year and the type of contact that he's making when he does make contact. Um, he's significantly lowered his strikeout rate this year, Greg. We haven't talked a lot about Moncada recently, but I said coming into the season, if he can lower his strikeout rate about 5-6%, his batting average will shoot up because he makes hard contact. And that's exactly what's happened. Last year, 33.4% strikeout rate. This year, 26.9% strikeout rate. So he's lowered it quite significantly. The batting average up to 289. That's probably overly optimistic. Like, if I had to put a, a line on it the rest of the way, I'd probably put him at like 260, 265-ish, something like that, just because he does still strike out a lot. But uh, the power is legit. He has nine home runs and 175 plate appearances so far this year. He had 17 in 650 plate appearances last year. Um, he's just looks like he's he's on that verge of that breakout, Greg. And this is why you don't write off prospects early on in their career. Last year was his first full season. He only hit 17 home runs with 12 stolen bases. But this year, nine homers, 29 runs scored already. 28 RBIs, four stolen bases, 289 batting average. Again, I think the batting average coming down. But even if he's a four-category contributor, Greg, you love that. You love that when it comes to Yohan Moncada. No doubt about it. Yohan Moncada has been really, really good uh, this season. Happy that he's off today. Uh, but he's been really... Hey, man, you'll take a day off after last night. The guy gave you three hits and two home runs. I think you're doing all right if you're a Moncada owner. I hope so. Not like it's Daniel Murphy where he's off every other day. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> you probably want him off today against Chris Sale. I don't want to start him. No, I, just, I want the guy to play, Greg. That's what I want. Ronaldo Lopez was also awesome in this start. Yeah, so Ronaldo Lopez, we had the question yesterday, are you going to use him as a two-start pitcher on the week? And last night, if you did, you got what you needed in that first start. As Lopez went seven and two-thirds, allowed just two hits, one earned run, two, earned, two runs total, six Ks, he walked two. The only run that he allowed that was earned was the Francisco Lindor solo shot. Lindor later hit a sack fly in the third, and that was it. He was absolutely fantastic last night. Was Ronaldo Lopez, Shane Bieber, not so much. Six in the third, seven hits, five runs. He struck out six. And you know what's crazy? Even after this start, his ERA stands at 5.58, which just shows you the wide range of outcomes that you could get from Ronaldo Lopez. As I mentioned, I was watching this start, and, and he was lights out. I don't know if it's him being really good, or this Indians lineup is just god-awful right now. Like, you could just stream any starting pitcher against the Cleveland Indians. They're an absolute mess. But something that I have noticed regarding Ronaldo Lopez is with each successive season, Greg, he has started to scrap the curveball even more, and now over his past four starts, he basically hasn't thrown it. He hasn't thrown it a single time. He's just focusing in on his fastball, his changeup, and his slider. And the past couple starts, what I've seen out of the changeup is... This is a pretty good offering. I don't know that it's a if it's an organizational philosophy thing that they're going through right now, but Giolito has been using his changeup more. Ronaldo Lopez has been using his changeup more, and the results have been night and day for these guys. So Ronaldo Lopez on the year, the K per nine is up to nine point four. Last year it was seven point two. So again, both with him and Giolito, you see the swinging strike rate up massively. It's up over two percent this year. Um, the strikeouts are up over the past two starts. He's walked. Just three total over his past two starts. Not that that's phenomenally low. It's not like, all right, well, he's gotten three straight games without walking anyone. But he's getting better. I mean, these are like the slow incremental steps that you need to see out of a guy like Ronaldo Lopez. He's not just going to continue to stop walking guys like immediately. But just three walks over his last two starts. And 
we're starting to see some results here, Greg. I think he's starting to learn how to pitch, kind of similarly to what we're seeing out of Lucas Giolito. It's taken some time. He didn't just come up and take the world by storm, but he throws mid-90s. He's got a pretty good slider, and it seems like the changeup is coming along. I like what I've seen out of Ronaldo Lopez. He's a guy that should be owned, I believe that, and you'll stream him in the right matchups. Two-start week, Cleveland Indians, Toronto. This was the right week to start him. The matches were good. He took a shot last night. It obviously paid off uh, in a major, major way. Outside of Yohan Moncada's two home runs, it was his eighth and ninth homers of the season. Jose Abreu hit his tenth home run of the year. I know you were a Jose Abreu guy coming into this season, Frank. You liked where you were getting, you were drafting him, and compared to Joey Votto, who's really, really struggled, obviously, on this season, Abreu was fantastic value. We compared those two, and you were getting Abreu, I believe, two rounds later or so, and he's batting two sixty nine with a three thirty OBP with those ten home runs now on the year. Yeah, I mean, the 36 RBIs, that's the biggest number that I'm looking at. He's top five in baseball right now. So especially, seems like he got off to a really slow start. Still has 36 RBIs to show right now. Also has two stolen bases, which is like, this guy never steals bases. I'm not expecting that from him. But 10 home runs, uh, 270 batting average. You're right, Greg. I mean, I was all over Jose Abreu at his price coming into the season. And he's given you everything that you can hope for. Um, He's not just like... A, a one-format kind of guy. He, he's good in Roto. He's good in points leagues. He makes a lot of contact. Um, he's been rock solid the past couple of seasons. So, uh, obviously, no complaints. I've, I've loved everything that I've gotten out of Jose Bray. You mentioned he hit his 10th home run, which came off of Shane Bieber in this start. Shane Bieber. I'm, I'm going to jump in here, Greg, on Bieber. The first three innings, he got two quick outs in each inning and then allowed a solo home run three innings in a row. With two outs. It was just really, really frustrating. And, you know, I got a few questions last night regarding Shane Bieber. And I'll kind of open this up to you as well. We can have a little bit of back and forth. He had 12 swinging strikes and 101 pitches. He still had six strikeouts and six and a third innings pitched. But he allowed four solo homers in this start. Five runs total. And what we said about Bieber coming into the season, Greg, is that he needed to learn to not pitch in the zone as much because he has really good command. And we're seeing that this year. His zone percentage is down 11%. Last year, he pitched in the zone 53% of the time. This year, it's 42.6%. He's walking more guys. So, that, I mean, these are indications that he's pitching outside the zone. He's trying to get guys to chase pitches outside the strike zone more this year. And his chase rate is up a little bit. It's up 1%. Nothing phenomenal here. Uh, the swinging strike rate is up a little bit. But I'll open this up to you, Greg. Do we have a case here with Shane Bieber that his stuff is just not as good as we thought it was? I think it's possible. Is that what it comes down to? Because I don't really have any other explanation. He's still averaging almost 10 Ks per nine, but his hard hit rate, once again, even with not pitching outside, pitching in the zone as much as he did last year, he's doing what we asked him to do. Nitpick a little bit more. Pitch around the outside of the zone a little bit. Don't live inside the zone as much. He's doing that. His hard hit rate, Greg, this year has gone up. They're making optimal contact against him. 45% yeah. hard hit rate. And I was actually talking with uh, our buddy in the chat, Big Timer, last night on Twitter. Yeah. He's pitched in cold weather to this point. If he's giving up 1.8 home runs per nine and 45% hard hit rate right now in cold weather, what's going to happen when the weather starts to heat up? So I do have some concerns over Shane Bieber. He's got a 3.81 ERA. He's got a 3.97 xFIP. He's got a 4.46 FIP. So 
There's not really anything that you can hold your hat on him right now. His BABIP is actually low. That's because he's given up as many home runs as he is. But, I mean, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch because I feel like the stuff is, is pretty good. I was really banking sure. on him taking that next step because he's in Cleveland and they've done a really good job developing starting pitchers. You know, he sits 93 with his fastball, not overwhelming. His fastball gets crushed a lot. Um, I think his changeup, his breaking pitches are, I mean, slider, his breaking pitches are plus pitches. But for whatever reason, he's getting mashed, Greg. It hasn't worked out right now uh, for Shane Bieber. And there's obviously signs right there, as Frank mentioned, that it may not just all of a sudden turn around a switch flipped, as we may hope. I, I think it's a logical, a logical question. So if you want to sell Shane Bieber, what are you selling him for? Or are you not there yet? Yeah, I'm not there yet because, look, I look, there's still a lot that I liked about him coming into the year. And I do think that the Cleveland Indians as a team will get better overall. And I do think that Shane Bieber will be part of that. But I just don't know what else he could do differently. Like, he's lowered his fastball usage this year 10%. So it's kind of addition by subtraction. He's using the slider more. He's using the changeup more this year. Uh, I'm not selling him yet because it seems like this would be an odd time to try and sell him. He's coming off two lackluster starts. I mean, his past, his last start was a quality start. It wasn't bad, but six and a third, three earned runs against the White Sox. This is a team now that has seen him two starts in a row, and then yesterday, five earned runs. So I feel like it would be a weird time to try and sell him, so I'm going to hold. There's still a lot that I like coming into the season, Greg, but, but I do have my, my concerns. Maybe I don't rank him, like if I'm re-ranking today, right. I don't rank him as aggressively as I did. Okay. I had him ranked inside my top 20. I think I had him ranked 19th or right around 20. Maybe I have that number closer to 30. Shane Bieber, the question marks do exist. Who's the second start with uh, against this week? That would be against the Baltimore Orioles. So right, not so. the toughest matchup. No. He should be able to take advantage there. We'll see. We hope. As we as hope. As Indeed. That is correct. Lindor's fifth home run of the year, as I said yesterday. About 296 now. The OVP at 333. Lindor... Good to see one of their big boppers coming around, Greg. Jose Ramirez batted fifth in this game. It's the first time he batted lower than third all season long. He went 0 for 4. OBP at 291. Batting average at 193. No bueno for Jose Ramirez. Slugging percentage, 293. What do you do do if you're Jose Ramirez owner, Greg? Bench him. You can't bench him. Why? You you can't. He's a first-round pick. I mean, we drafted him in a 15-team league. Obviously, we're not benching him there. What are you doing with this guy, though? Like, his batting average is 193. His expected batting average is 243. So he's clearly been unlucky for a long time now. But his WOBA, way down from last year, his slugging percentage, his expected slugging percentage, everything is down. Like, do you just try and sell Jose Ramirez based on his name value right now, Greg? Yes, but what are you going to get? So I, everyone's going to recognize the numbers, obviously. Constantine sent me a text today and said sure. he, he got offered Starling Marte and Hunter Dozier. And you know why Constantine te- sent you a text? Because he subscribes to your Patreon. That's right. He, Frank is no he is the highest answer. of the high. Like, I'm just letting you know, this is a true story. Frank walks in this morning. I'm like, Frank, I really need you to do this video. Like, we got work to do. I need you, I, I need you to do this. And he goes, well, I, 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 Constantine texted me. He, he, he pays for my time. I, I have to respond first. And I was very frustrated because I was like, I also pay you. And he's just like, well, deal with it. That happened. If you want that kind of attention from Frank, you should also subscribe to his Patreon. 
That's exactly right, Greggy. Uh, I'll answer your DMs on Patreon as well. They have a nice little feature there. So I get hit up from a few of the Patreon subscribers asking questions uh, with the private messages. So I'm always around to answer questions, obviously. And, and I obviously uh, put out the waiver wire stuff over the weekend. I like to put out some swinging strike stuff, uh, fab recap. So, yeah, it's been fun, Greg. Uh, I'm looking into Jose Ramirez right now. His stat cast numbers against certain pitches. So we were worried about the breaking pitches coming into the year. Yeah. He hit 181 against breaking pitches last year. He hit 300 against fastballs. Mm-hmm. This year, he's hitting 226 against breaking pitches, 160 against fastballs. How is that possible? I think he's in his own head, yeah. dude. I think he's thinking so much about these breaking pitches that he's psyching himself out. He's hitting 160 against fastballs with a 247 expected batting average against fastballs this year. So he's always been a good fastball hitter. He's hitting 226 this year against breaking pitches. His expected batting average against breaking pitches, 184. Ah, oh, Greggy. It's bad. It's very, very It's bad. May 14th, but I'm getting close to the point where we almost have a full calendar year of data, Greg, of Jose Ramirez struggling against breaking pitches. Everyone who was fading Jose Ramirez, worried about that second half, Worried about him struggling against breaking pitches. You might be onto something. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we got a whole lot more to talk about, including Lorenzo Cain's five-hit night. Stick around. More next. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 Network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631 Fantasy Sports Today There's no commitment that needs to be made. You just need to show up. That doesn't have to be a story. You don't have to tell me how you're committed to the mandatory minicamp. If you don't show up for the mandatory minicamp, that's problems. Fines, and it means that you want to do your own thing and you don't care about the team. They don't criticize you, but not for the voluntary stuff. I, I just have to be there. If the NFLPA and the league negotiate it, what Tom Coughlin did was wrong, and anything other than what Adam Gase said would be wrong, in my opinion. Saturdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports, Radio Network. Good dive there on Reynaldo Lopez and 
Justin Bieber. Jamie. We did a whole segment on the Indians and White Sox recap. We did. It's all right. It's okay. Uh, Greg, it is now 1222. You know what it's that May 14th. Means. It's the lottery on the it's twos. It's time to simulate the lottery. Let's go, baby. <laughs> and with the number one overall pick tonight, the Memphis Grizzlies will be selecting Zion Williamson. Followed by the Cleveland Cavaliers, followed by the Washington Wizards, followed by the Dallas Mavericks, and your New York Knicks at number five, Greg. I have done this now three times, and all three times, I have got the fifth pick for the New York Knicks. This is very bad. This is not going to end well. Cam Reddish territory. This is not, this is not going to end well. I mean, I, the, uh, 132. The, the Knicks must know this. They must know that they're going to fail at the lottery tonight, and that's why they were talking about Cam Reddish over the weekend, that, that the Knicks are doing their homework, doing their due diligence, because they know. They know they're getting the fifth pick, right? They you, know. They've where, accepted it, too. Where are you simulating yours? Tankathon.com. Uh, I, it's funny, because I just simulated for fun. Not saying anything to anybody? No, you can't do that, Greg. Only it's every on 10 minutes. Only on the twos? On the twos. Lottery on the twos. The, the Knicks got the first pick when I did it. Well, maybe you should be going to represent the Knicks tonight and not Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing! Oh, God, this is so bad. Oh, this is so bad. Greg, if you got the offer of Stalin Marte and Hunter Dozier for Jose Ramirez, what would you do? Because to me, that seems like a pretty good offer. Stalin Marte and Hunter Dozier for who? For Jose Ramirez. I think I would do it. It's a pretty damn good deal, man. I think I would do it. Like, that's the territory that we're in right now. You get a... Dude, Hunter Dozier could be this year's breakout third baseman. Everything that he's doing right now seems legit. Hope that the back spasms don't flare up again, but everything that he's doing, from cutting down the strikeout rate to hitting the ball hard or putting the ball in the air, hitting in the middle of a really good Royals lineup right now. Never thought that I would say that this season. This Royals lineup is fun, and it's a good one. Hunter Dozier is in the midst of a breakout. And then you get Starling Marte on top of that, who, doing what he's doing, the batting average is climbing up right now. He's getting his hits. You know he's going to steal bases. The weather starts to heat up. It's not a great ballpark in Pittsburgh, but probably going to give you his 15-plus home runs. He's a third-round pick. I think that's a very fair return right now. If you're shopping Jose Ramirez and you need depth, you're just kind of shopping him based off his name value. If you're one of the owners right now that's worried that this can linger all season for Jose Ramirez, because honestly, we don't have underlying numbers here that say that it's going to get that much better with Jose Ramirez. I'm worried. I own him in two leagues. I'm worried about him. So if you are also worried that this is something that can linger all year, then maybe you shop him with the hope of getting two pretty damn good in return, Starling Marte and Hunter Dozier. That's a pretty good return, Greg. Yeah, it's a very fair return, I think, at this point uh, for Jose Ramirez. Let's do another game. I mentioned Lorenzo Cain before the break. Lorenzo Cain uh, killed me yesterday. Killed the Phillies, but the Phillies were able to pull this one out 7-4. Lorenzo Cain was 5-for-6 on the day, including two doubles. And his fourth stolen base of the season, Mikey Moustakis, hit his 10th home run of the year. Moustakis was 1 for 4, batting 250. Uh, Travis Shaw went 0 for 3, batting 163. That's why uh, Kesson Hira is coming up. Now, when it comes to Hira, I'll break this game down in a moment. How far do we go with Kesson Hira if you want to pick him up, right? Like, you got to drop someone to pick up Hira. I'm assuming you would drop Travis Shaw for him. I think it's, that's, a fair, that's a fair statement. Yeah, I would. Okay. Um... Would you drop the question that we got? Would you drop Michael Chavis for him? I would not. Would you drop, who's the other guy I got a question about? Jesse Winker. Jesse Winker for Jesse him. Winker's been dealing with a quad, but so my response to someone asking 
if they should drop Jesse Winker is, like, what are you expecting Keston Hero to do? Because Winker is also, has pretty good prospect pedigree, and he's in a good ballpark, and he hits in the middle of a solid lineup, Yasiel Puig coming around for the Reds. Like, how much better is Keston Hero going to be than Jesse Winker? I like Jesse Winker a lot, and he's doing some good things this year. He's like, the hard hit rate is like over 40%. I love Jesse Winker. The betting average isn't there yet, but he's already set a career high in home runs. He's dealing with this quad issue, and you know, maybe if we get more news on that, like whether he's going to hit the IL or something like that, like, I don't think it's that severe because I think they would have placed him on the IL if that were the case. But so that, that's my response, Greg, is how much better is Kesson here going to be than Winker? Yeah. The batting average hasn't been there for Winker, but based on the batted ball data, I would expect it to be there. I still really like Jesse Winker. I wouldn't make that move. I make and, I, and I like Hero a lot, too. I wouldn't make that move either. I think when it comes to prospects, we all get super excited. You want to uh, join the fun. You want to be able to uh, ride the wave. But when you have a good player, you, you use your good player. Would you drop Ryan McMahon for him? So I had that decision this morning, actually, because I picked him up in the pit league. And I was debating dropping Ryan McMahon, but I didn't because I still had Rowdy Telez on my team. So, like, that's a move I would make. But if I didn't have Rowdy Telez, I probably would have made that move, yeah. I would have dropped Ryan McMahon. Even, even with the fact that he has, like, the multi-position eligibility, he plays in Colorado, but uh, it's been frustrating. He, I believe Ryan McMahon has three home runs in the year, Greg. Two of those came in one game. So, it's been frustrating. I know it's been like really cold in Colorado and they haven't had a lot of games there yet, but you still have to worry about him struggling against lefties, sitting against lefties at times, and just flat out, like, is he the player that we expected to be? He hasn't been great so far. Uh, so I would make that move. Okay. Making that move. Okay. Garrett Hampson's been sent down. That's a move I would make. How about Dan Vogelbach, Greg? You drop him. That was literally the next name yeah. out of my mouth is Dan Vogelbach. He had a three-run bomb last night. Game-tying three-run bomb. He did. I would rather have Hero. I think I'd rather have Hero, really. Yeah. Okay. Just because Milwaukee, better place to hit. I like Vogelbach, but over the past month or so, he's really slowed down. Really good still in points leagues because he walks a lot. OBP is good, but the Mariners seem like they're about to get really crowded, Greg. Like when everyone's healthy, like D. Gordon came back last night uh, as a pinch runner, stole a base. But once he's there, you're going to have Shed Long. You're going to have J.P. Crawford. This is a team that's geared towards, you know, playing younger players. And, and Dan Vogelbach meets that. But. You know, until they trade away Edwin Encarnacion and Jay Bruce, like, all right, we might have a little bit of a logjam here for playing time when it comes to, Ma- to the Mariners. I like Vogelbach. I would rather have Hira. Okay, so there you go. That's kind of the deal oh, with Kesson Hira. What about some of the other guys? The other like, guys that are getting, that are getting Oh, Nicky Lopez, Nikki Lopez and, yes. and Oscar Mercado. Mercado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they don't have the same pedigree, obviously, as, as a, a, a Kesson Hira. Um, I would probably still be willing to drop, like, Ryan McMahon... Um, Vogelbach, I would keep over those other two guys. But it comes down to what you need, right? Like, if you need a middle infielder who, uh, when we had the Welsh on in the first hour, you go back and listen to him, he gave us a, a great breakdown of each of these prospects and what he's expecting. He's more excited about Nicky Lopez, but there's a little bit of something for everybody right now, Greg. If you need a middle infielder, then Nicky Lopez is your guy. It's someone that you could pick up and plug in, and it, it seems like he's going to play quite regularly for the Royals, he has good OBP. He has a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed, too. Hit for good batting average so far this year. Yeah. And then Mercado, he's kind of the... I think he has higher upside. I think Nicky Lopez is safer. I think Mercado has higher upside because he has, like, 40 stolen base seasons in the minors. He has a little bit of pop, too. Uh, he was crushing it during spring training. 
And I think the Cleveland Indians are going to keep him up because they've been starting like Jordan Luplo. I, I know either he got placed in the... Oh, no, it was Tyler Naquin got placed in the IL. So, Same like, thing. it's been a revolving door in the outfield. Like, they signed Carlos Gonzalez, like, veteran contract, whatever. I think Oscar Mercado is going to play, and I think he does have high upside because of his stolen bases. So, there's a little bit of something out there for everyone. You yeah. need an outfielder. You need a middle infielder. Sure. You got Pablo Lopez. You have Mercado in the outfield. Obviously, Kesson here I'd rather have over, over both of them. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I would pick these guys up, and it, especially if you have like a dead roster spot right now. Am I going to drop anyone who's absolutely helping me right now? Am I dropping Chavis? Am I dropping Winker for these guys? No, I'm not. And I know that's the question that we've been getting a lot. So That's how I feel about the prospects. There you go. Okay, back to the Phillies and the Brew Crew, because uh, two interesting starters I wanted to mention, Frank. Let's start with the Phillies. Aaron Nola, three innings, five hits, three runs, three walks, three Ks. Not good. Not good at all, Greg. And frustrating year so far for Aaron Nola. This is a guy that was going in the second, third round. Uh, seemed like he was coming around a little bit his past couple of starts. You know, against the St. Louis Cardinals. At St. Louis, six innings, one run ball, seven strikeouts. The time before that against the Tigers, five and two-thirds, one earned run, six strikeouts. Seemed like he was coming around a little bit. Even before that, Miami. You're supposed to dominate Miami. That's fine. Six and two-thirds, one earned run. So we had three straight starts of one earned run ball from Aaron Nola. That's good. But he gets faced with the Brewers last night. And what I've always said, look, I know it's a two-star week, so I would have used Aaron Nola anyway. But I don't like using pitchers against Milwaukee, and it's for this reason. They're a tough lineup. They're going to be patient, take their pitches. They walked three times last night. They hit a home run off of him. That's the biggest problem that I'm seeing out of Aaron Nola right now, Greg, is the walks and the home runs. This was a guy who... Coming into this year, 2.56 walks per nine for his career. Last year, he was 2.46 walks per nine. This year, he's up at 3.88. Something is not going right for Aaron Noah. And it might go back to you know Mike Florio's conspiracy theory last week that hit, uh, hitters around the league are laying off pitchers mo- uh, pitches more. They're being more patient. They're walking more. And we're seeing it with guys like Aaron Noah. He doesn't normally walk as many guys. But for whatever reason, I, I don't know if it's something that's gone, gone league-wide this year, but he's, the walks are up massively. How about the home runs? 1.75 home runs per nine right now for Aaron Nola. Last year, he was 0.72. So he's walking more guys, and he's giving up home runs. He's giving up home runs with guys on base because he's walking them. The strikeouts still look really good. 9.3 Ks per nine, even though the swinging strike rate is down tremendously this year, Greg. Something's not right with, with, with Aaron Nola so far this year. Just walking more guys, doesn't have that pinpoint command that we've so seen. So you're selling Aaron Nola? No, you can't sell him because... You can do whatever you want. I mean, you could try. <laughs> if you could still get, like, a top 15-ish starting pitcher based off his name value, it might be something that you look into. If I own Aaron Nola, I'm frustrated right now, and I would understand why you would want to move him, but coming off last night's performance, it's just not the right time. Maybe after his last three starts where he pitched, you know, six innings, one run ball... Maybe you tried to trade him after that, but it's a long season. Like he could still write the ship, and we've seen Aaron Nola how talented he could be. Is he was he going to be a two point three seven ERA pitcher again this year? I think we all agreed coming in, no. He's probably going to be in the low threes ERA. Like I think that would be a good year from Aaron Nola, but something's just not right with him right now. The swinging strike rate is down four percent this year. The walks are up. The BABIP is extremely high. The hard hit rate is up. The home runs per nine are up. So, it's, it's been frustrating for Aaron Noah. If you can get the top 15 starting pitcher right now for him, Greg, 
You should probably look into it. But am I just giving them up for the sake of giving them up? No. No. Uh, Frank, I didn't want to interrupt you. Yes. I understand we passed our time. We passed the twos. But it is now 1.34 on the... On the show. Give it to me one more time. And we will go with... Give it to me one more time. Alrighty, in the 2019 NBA Draft Lottery Simulator, the, the first overall pick goes to the Phoenix Suns. Congratulations. Chris Welsh, you land Zion Williamson a year after getting DeAndre Ayton with the first overall pick, with the second overall pick, Greg. The Atlanta Hawks will likely be selecting R.J. Barrett because they have their point guard of the future. And with the third overall pick, your New York Knickerbockers end up with Ja Morant. All right, we'll take that. Take that. Much better than fifth. I'll slim a lot of similar lotteries once again, see what happens. What do you get, Greg? Uh, the number one pick in the 2019 NBA draft. The Chicago Bulls! Chicago Bulls don't need the first pick, man. Come on. Followed by your Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, gosh. Third, the New Orleans Pelicans. Followed by the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, gosh. And your New York Knicks. Oh, man. Disaster. We've done this maybe a combined six times. And how'd it go, Bavona? Number one pick, the Phoenix Suns. And number two, yo. 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 Knicks. He does a good, you do a good one. You need to me one more time. (laughs) You do a good one. Oh, man, I kind of want to get the... can I get like a? Can I get to the next break to do this? Sure. Thank you. Sure. Don't worry. We'll have another lottery coming up soon. A lottery coming up at uh, forty-two. Right, do you own Aaron Nola anywhere? No. I told you I was talked off of him. You were talked off of him because of Nick, Nick Pollock. Pollock. Yeah. List. Huh? All right. On the other side, last night, Freddie Peralta, four innings, seven hits, two runs, only one earned, struck out five. I was encouraged by this, Freddie Peralta. I know you don't love him, two pitch guy, but he was brought back into the rotation here, not exactly stretched out. But he pitched okay against a tough lineup. I'm actually surprised the Brewers didn't go with the opener Me strategy too. here, too, because they brought in Jeremy Jeffress right after him, too, and you knew that if you're only going to allow him to go four innings, why didn't you go with the opener strategy anyway? Let someone else start off the game for an inning or two and then bring in Freddie Peralta. And he looked pretty good his last time out where he went you know, five, I believe it was five shutout innings. And then yesterday, it was all right. I mean, the seven hits is not great. I mean, granted, it is against the Phillies, and he only allowed one earned run. He did allow two runs. He averaged over a strikeout per inning with five. No walks. That's really good to see. Overall, I'm still not a Freddie Peralta guy, Greg. I'm not doing it. For the Philadelphia Phillies, I gave you what the Brewers do. Let me tell you about the Phillies. Because I was looking at picking up somebody yesterday. I didn't make the move. I'm thinking about doing it today. Cesar Hernandez in his fourth home run of the year. Hernandez was two for three on the day with a walk. He's now... agent in your league? Yes. Wow. He's now batting over 300 with four homers, 17 ribbies. He's got just three steals. That's what happens when you play in an eight-team league, folks. It's a 12-team league, as you know. Where they start one catcher, one outfielder, one utility. We start two utility. We do start one catcher. We start more than one outfielder. All right. But anyway, Cesar. This guy shouldn't be a free agent, Greg. He's been hot. Solid player. He's 61% owned, so he's, he's up there, but he's crushing it right now. I mean, the guy's over 300. And he's still giving you value, even though he's not leading off anymore uh, like he was last year. So, you know, he's hitting a little bit lower down. He's hitting six in the order. He's the guy last year. I like he, him. he was awesome last year. Had him all year. He didn't do anything to, to get a demotion. It's just 
this is the nature of the beast when it comes to the Philadelphia Phillies. They just brought in so much talent. They, they sign McCutcheon. They bring in Bryce Harper. Trade for Gene Segura. So someone's got to drop down the lineup. And unfortunately, it's been Cesar Hernandez. But four home runs, 306 batting average. Uh, and remember last year, he was crushing it. I believe he suffered some kind of injury, which started to slow him down in the second half of the season. But still, 15 homers, 19 stolen bases, 91 runs scored. The guy's always had good plate discipline. Uh, the, the strikeouts are way down this year. Last year, he was 21.9%. This year, 13.5%. So that's why you see the big jump in batting average. 306, hitting the ball harder than ever before. He's, he's your typical middle infielder, so he's not a guy that's ever going to hit the ball really hard. But to see in his career, Greg, he's 24% hard hit rate. And this year, he's all the way up to 34%. That's a nice little jump for Cesar Hernandez. I'm buying in. He's hot. hot. And I like him a lot. Can I uh, ask you a question for a friend? Sure. Uh, who would you rather own right now? Cesar Hernandez or someone you mentioned yesterday on the program? Alenmus Diaz. Cesar Hernandez. Cesar Hernandez or is he hot now all of a sudden? I do like Alenmus Diaz. Freaking Marwin Gonzalez. home run yesterday. Unbelievable. As soon as we get rid of him, huh, Greg? Look at that. Cesar Hernandez or Yuli Gurriel? Cesar Hernandez. Cesar Hernandez or Ronnie! Ah, oh, death is not an option. I'll still take Cesar, but man, I love Ronnie Rodriguez. I love my Ronnie Rodriguez. Wilmer uh, Flores? Cesar. Ryan McMahon? Cesar. Hail Cesar! Hail Cesar! Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. Make it rain. Now tell me how this works over there. You can download the FanDuel app, right? But you go on and place the bet inside New York City, right? So if it's pinging off of one of those towers or the IP addresses, you still have the ability to log on. I can see the bets. I can withdraw. I can deposit funds. So at the very beginning, when you log on, it goes through this thing where it's like searching for your location. It says like location error. You can do everything but that. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I can keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after. Have you ever bet on the Little League World Series? One year I did, yes. When Boynton Beach here in South Florida was, uh, was trying to make it to the finals. Yeah, exactly. Hello. They're doing your civic duty. Don't say, I don't give back. I bet it for a few years. They stopped taking bets on it because uh, people bitched and stuff. But once again, but shut up, man. It's on ABC, all right? So what, I can't make money off it, but ESPN can with your ads? A lot of people profiting off those 12-year-olds. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
co-host, Frank Thetford, the head coach of the Fancy BFFs, Mike Cardano. Oh my God! That, I mean, that's got to be the new oh. open of the show. Oh, I got goosebumps. That, I mean, that's got to be the new open of the show. I don't want anything else besides that. Bavona, I mean, you got to make that oh happen. Oh my now. God, that was great! I mean, you're you're, you're setting I the bar really high here, Bavona. So pumped! That's got to be the new open of the oh show. Oh my God, Chris! No doubt about it. That has to be the Whoa. new open of the show. I will run through anything right now. <laughs> run through those glass windows, Greg. No. <laughs> That was awesome. That was awesome. I, I I'm, I'm really serious about making that, that like an alternate open. Uh, not alternate. <laughs> Be open. Yes, I'm down. I'm sure most people would agree too. Let's leave the New York Knicks like, we got to change the music probably a little bit. We don't yeah. use the Knicks music, but like, but, Vona, it's, but it's perfect, Greg. I understand. I feel like we, <laughs> Vona can adjust it a bit. I'll All right, Vona. I'll do what I can. All right. You got some work to do. Wow. You just created some more work for yourself by doing a great job. So there you go. Thanks. And Greg, it's now time. Oh, my God. It is 144. Oh, my God. Which means it's time for a simulation. All right. With the number one overall pick tonight, Zion Williamson will land with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, it's my turn, Frank. With the second overall pick, the Chicago Bulls, convinced that Chris Dunn is not the point guard of the future, will take Ja Morant, with the third pick, your New York Knicks, select R.J. Barrett. My turn. Which I'm cool with. My turn. Let's get that top three, man. With the first, oh. with the first overall pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, Zion Williamson goes to your Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> that, like, that's a disaster. Like, the NBA won't let It gets happen. worse. They're not letting. Because you know what's number two? They're not letting you know number two? Zion go to Memphis. Number two. Martino's Boston Celtics. Oh God, that is that the Anthony worst Davis thing. trade chip. And then the Atlanta Hawks. This is the worst one. Martino, I just got an update. By the way, uh, the Knicks are quote showing interest in Terry Rozier and Marcus Morris. So you have competition for your boys. Uh, no, they're both walking. I don't see them uh, staying either of them. So Greg and I were talking about this during the break. What kind of contract do you think Terry Rozier gets? <sighs> Half of what he was expecting going into last summer. Um, I don't know. I think he'll be somewhere into the 8 to 10 range max. I don't think he's getting anything more. No. I mean, what a disaster of a season. I mean, his stock couldn't have been higher after last year's playoffs. Yeah. And he cost himself a ton of money. He was just on first take today, pretty much ripping everybody on the Celtics. Oh, he's gone. He's Um, gone for sure. Oh, he's gone for sure. But that also cost him some money, you know? I mean, you could come across as a locker room problem, too. And if you're you're the next, you're trying to change your culture, why would you want somebody like that? He's restricted, though, right? So they can technically match if they wanted to? Yeah, they they could match if they wanted to. But, again, the Celtics do have the Kings pick as well. So even if that doesn't fall there, you could potentially get Kobe White. Get him to back up uh, whoever the hell uh, it would be, whether it's Kyrie or Marcus Smart. So, All right, we'll see what happens. I was saying to Greg, I think he gets like four for 60. Just the way that the NBA free agency yeah. has gone the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. It's like The pay structure is so strange. Guys get though. overpaid, and yep. he's still a young point Ian guard. And some, he showed flashes too, so yeah, I, I think he probably gets closer to four for 60, but that's just me. I agree. All right, let's, let's got to do baseball again. Rapid fire. Gabe Kapler, we hate you once again. 
Pat do. Neshek with the save last night, Greg. That's right. Hector Neris has pitched once since May 3rd. I got nothing. Well, what, all right, you're, you're Gabe Kapler's guy. What do you got, Greg? Maybe he's hurt. Maybe he's hurt. Probably not. Last night seemed like... Uh, Gabe Kapler is probably just a clown. Last night seemed like a good game for him. Put some makeup on this guy. By the way, I texted you guys last night because we got it live and in living color. Did he the, do it? Oh, he did it. <laughs> oh, he did it. But he didn't give up a home run. He didn't give up the home run. It wasn't, it wasn't a home run. It was not a pop-up. He didn't even give up a hit. He did it last night. I was so excited. I was so, so happy. <laughs> it was probably like a fly ball to the warning track. Probably. <laughs> I saw on Twitter. It was all over it. I yeah. love it. It's my Ansel Robles, another save last night. It's He seems like the guy. He seems like the guy right now. He's performing yep. well. Why would it be anything different? Ty Buttry, multi-inning setup role. He's performing very well right now. Needs to be owned in saves plus holds leagues. He's been absolutely awesome. He's got a 0.86 ERA on the season. Shohei Otani gets on the board. Greg, he hits his first home run last night, and it was a bomb, an opposite field bomb. I mean, that's how good this guy is. To go to left center field as a left-handed batter off of one of the best pitchers in baseball right now, and I don't think I'm, under, I'm overstating that when I say this, off of Jose Barrios. That just shows you how good Shohei Otani really is. Uh, baseball is just better with Otani in it. Albert Pujols, Greg, another three hits last night. Gets the batting average up to 230. He also gets an RBI. Uh, once again, I was kicking myself for picking up Wilmer Flores over Albert Pujols because Wilmer Flores, not in the lineup last night for the D-backs. Pujols in the lineup, gets three hits, gets an RBI. If you need a corner infielder right now in a deeper league, Pujols is playing well, man. I like what I've seen. I know you wanted, you wanted him... Over Wilmer Flores. Wilmer, yeah. That's right. So I'm kicking myself a little bit, Greg. Jose Barrios, five and two-thirds, 12 hits, five earned runs, Not three walks, start. three strikeouts. Here is your regression game if I've ever seen one. The ERA climbs up to 3.05 after this, but Greg, 15 hits plus walks combined in five and two-thirds any pitch? <laughs> That's going to hurt the whip, Frank. That's going to hurt the whip quite a bit. Quite a bit here. So, I thought there was some regression coming for Jose Barrios, but... Oh, it came, Frank. To see something like this, it is a little bit alarming. That's why yesterday when I was talking to Ventura, and he was talking about Jose Barrios is one of the best pitchers in the league right now, I think it's a bit of an overstatement. He's got a 3.05 ERA. He's got a 4.17 XFIP right now. The guy is pitching the fly balls, 42% fly balls this year. Um, and... He's not giving up as many home runs as has been expected. I mean, he gave up... How many did he give up last night? He gave up two home runs last night. So, yes. mm-hmm. you, see, you see some of that regression last night. The fact that he's giving up as many home uh, fly balls as he is, the weather starts to heat up a little bit in Minnesota. Jose Barrios is going to give up some home runs. I love, love, love that he's not walking as many batters this year. Yeah, he had three walks last night, but overall in the season, 1.68 walks per nine. That's great to see, but also not getting as many swings, uh, swings and misses. So... We know he's talented, 93, 94 miles per hour on the fastball. He has a huge, sweeping, breaking pitch, whatever you want to call it, a slurve. He's talented, but I do think some regression is in order, Greg. He's probably more of a mid-threes ERA pitcher, and that's fine. If, he, if he's a mid-threes ERA pitcher, Greg, with a, let's say, 1.15 whip, mid-threes ERA, 1.15 whip with a strikeout per inning, in that division, he's going to 
severely outperform where he was drafted. He's probably a top 15 starting pitcher if he, if he puts that kind of season together, which I think he's capable of. But the pitcher that we saw early on this year, Greg, I, I just think that we should temper expectations a little bit. I don't think Jose Barrios is a guy that he showed us early on in the season. I still like him a lot, and he could put together a top 15 starting pitcher season, but he's not the guy that we saw early on. He's not like a sub-2 ERA kind of guy. Venture probably disagree with all of A sub-3 ERA. Say no. Well, he could have been here to defend his boy, but he's not. That is correct. Your boy! That is correct. Where Ta- else do you want to jump around? Uh, jump around. Jump around. Jump around. Ronnie Rodriguez keeps it going last Ronnie. night. Ronnie! Two more hits, a stolen base. You know who didn't have it? Who? Matt Boyd. No, he didn't. Four innings pitch, five hits, three runs, two walks, two strikeouts. I'm going to give Matthew Boyd a pass on this one, and here's why, Greg. The Houston Astros are red hot. They have scored 52 runs over the last week of baseball. I mean, they are putting up football numbers when it comes to their, their offensive output. So, it's kind of hard to, 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 to start a pitcher against them right now. But again, like I said about Nola, I'll say the same thing for Boyd. He would have been in my lineup because he's a two-star pitcher. I just really hate using pitchers against the Brewers, against the Astros, um, against any of these you know awesome offenses right now. And, and we saw it last night with Matt Boyd, even as good as he's been, uh, the swinging strikes are down. Um, doesn't get the strikeouts and gives up some home runs. That's just because he, he runs into a team that's red hot in the Houston Astros. And why are they hot, Greg? Part of it has to do with Aledmus Diaz, who I said yesterday, I like a lot in the short term. If you're a Jose Altuve owner or if you need a middle infielder, you need a, a second baseman, he has shortstop eligibility as well. Aledmus Diaz is going to play every single day for the Houston Astros for the short term, maybe it's the next two, three weeks, as long as Jose Altuve is out. And he's performing well, Greg. Two hits and a home run. Very much so. I like Diaz. Diaz will get all the playing time without um, Jose Altuve in the lineup. We also mentioned Seattle and the big home run from Dan Vogelbach. Greg, before we get to Seattle. All right. It is 152. Oh my God. I didn't realize. We have a simulation. With the first overall pick, Zion Williamson will be playing for the Memphis Grizzlies. The second overall pick goes to the Phoenix Suns. Third overall pick goes to the Atlanta Hawks. This goes wrong too many times. The fourth overall pick goes to the Dallas Mavericks, who the Knicks traded with. The fifth overall pick, your New York Knicks. How about that, Greg? How about if they miss out on Cam Reddish and the top three? That'd be nice, huh? Shall I run it, Frank? Let's go. I mean, give me some good news here, Greg. All right. Give me something good. Yeah, tell me something good. With a number one pick in the 2019 NBA draft, Zion Williamson goes to the Chicago Bulls. You've probably done this like 10 or 12 times. The Knicks got the number one once. once. uh, That's basically the odds, right? One out of 12. I have to say I'm I'm doing mine down here. um, And mine came up the Knicks. I got the Knicks two times in a row. I hate this. I hate this. Vavona, so we're sending you instead of Patrick Ewing tonight. So out on this. He should. Gosh, man. Ah, oh, what a disaster. All right, Greg. Anything else from this game? Brad Peacock was fine. I he watched okay. some of this start. Uh, seven hits plus walks combined in five innings. He was pitch. okay. Uh, the pitch count got up a little bit here. Eighty-eight pitches in five innings pitch. I mean, we've said this about Peacock before. It's it's quality over quantity. You want to see more strikeouts here? Only three strikeouts going up against the. The Detroit Tigers, not a great lineup. Only seven swinging strikes, so should have been better, but he'll take it. One and run, five innings pitch. He gets you the win, too. I don't think he's going to give you quality starts much because it seems like 
that, that fifth inning a lot of times is the cutoff for Brad Peacock. But I do agree that I do think that he should be owned. Obviously more so than Colin McHugh. Who's <laughs> yeah, Peacock should be owned. I agree. Nothing's changed for me there. Let me get to the athletics and, and the Mariners here. Um, uh, Kikuchi goes six innings, five hits, three runs. He struck out five. He allowed three, run, three runs all on homers, all solo shots uh, from Marcana, Matt Olson, my man, and Crush Davis, who homered twice on the evening. Uh, Mike Fires allowed just one run, two hits in the first game since his no-hitter. Uh, he walked three. He struck out four, including a leadoff shot to Mitch Hanniger last night. Great, you don't look now, but uh, you say Kikuchi coming around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Over his past three starts, we all remember the pine tar against the Yankees. That's perfectly fine. But a 2.18 ERA over his last three starts, still the 7.8 Ks per nine, but I really like the command that I've seen the past three starts. Only four walks, 1.74 walks per nine during that span. Uh, he's going to get dinged up for some home runs at, 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 some, at times. We saw that last night against the Oakland A's. Uh, but Kikuchi... Don't give up on the guy yet. Looks like he is uh, coming around a little bit here. And we, we've said this about um, Japanese pitchers. When they come over, normally their first season, they put together a really nice season because the first time that teams get to see them, um, it's a transition. It's a transition for hitters to, to pick up on the ball. He obviously has um, a little bit of a different delivery than other pitches, uh, pitchers. But, but overall, the past three starts... That's closer to the pitcher that you were hoping to get coming into the season when it comes to Yusei Kikuchi. Mitch Hanniger leads this game off with a home run, Greggy. Uh, D. Gordon, pinch runs here. Not swinging a bat yet, still dealing with the wrist thing, but Is he pinch ran? runs, Soul steals base. a base, yep. runs scored. So I think we're getting closer to seeing D. Gordon in the lineup. I don't know that he's there yet, and I do wonder what happens. Is, it, is that just the end of it for Shed Long? Um, we start to see J.P. Crawford lose some playing time. J.P. Crawford goes 0 for 5 last night after, you know, I think he had four hits, the, the, the three games combined coming into this one over the weekend. But he goes 0 for 5 with, with two strikeouts and a uh, run scored. So not really a great performance from J.P. Crawford or Shed Long. Shed Long goes 0 for 2 as well. It was nice to see Chris Davis get back on the board here, Greggy. Two home runs, yep. two solo mm-hmm. shots, but he was battling a hip injury. He might have even had questions about how much he was going to play this week, but he's in the lineup last night and it hits two home runs. Would you like to guess his batting average right now, Greg? 247? 243. Oh, close. No. We're close. Standard Chris Davis. Absolutely. Anything else, Frank? Uh, the, the, whole, the Matt Olson home run did come off Kikuchi. Really like to see that. I was watching this game last night while I was doing more Game of Thrones research. Ah, did you find anything interesting? Um, I mean, off, I watched so much stuff last night, dude. <laughs> I like watched probably an hour's worth of like George R. R. Martin interviews. It's I don't know. I'm on, I'm on another level right now. But all the all the the mean the meantime, I had baseball on in the background. I was watching Shane Bieber. I was watching Kikuchi. I was watching all this happen. Uh, it was nice to see Matt Olson gets on the board here. It's his second home run of the season, and it comes off a left-handed pitcher. So I really like to see that. Great. Sure. We have a minute left in the program, Frank. You know what that means. What does that mean? Like, uh, Lutrovino, by the way, got blown up yesterday. Lutrovino. He gave a three-run homer to Dan Vogelbach. Yes, Frustrated. He, yes, he did. Yes. Uh, we have a minute left. That means only one thing. Ravona, give it to me one more time. That was not it. Uh, we're looking for Ravona. Whenever we're ready here. 
Trying to do a tankathon. Ah, there it is. Alrighty. Oh, you know what that means? Here we go. Only six hours and thirty-one minutes and counting until the draft lottery, which means we are simming. And with this the number one final pick sim tonight, of the day, Zion Williamson will be a Cleveland Cavalier again. The second pick goes to Phoenix Suns. The third pick goes to the Chicago Bulls. The fourth pick goes to the Dallas Mavericks. The fifth pick goes to your New York Knickerbockers. And here it is, my final sim of the day. With the first pick overall oh, yeah. in the 2019 NBA draft, Zion Williamson goes to the Memphis Grizzlies. You've been getting the Grizzlies a lot. Too. Followed by the number two pick, the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, God. Followed by the third pick, your New York Knicks. Let's get in that top three, Greggy. Let's get in that top three, Greggy. It's going to be a good show tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Let's do it. I want to thank Chris Welsh for joining us. I want to thank Chris Bavona for doing a fantastic job. Martino as well. And all of you for joining us in this mockery. Frank Stample. I'm Greg Sussman. Let's go Knicks tonight. Have a great night. And maybe Zion Williamson will be on the Knicks. We, we hope. hope.